Real Presence Live. That which is beautiful will manifest itself in truth and in goodness. Local. The challenges that we're facing in our generation, we just need the gospel. I mean, every every culture, every generation just needs to know how the gospel applies. Engaging. We don't bring any life at all to the church. The church is, is the life. It gives us the life. Live. The reality is, He is all things beautiful, capital B. And so anything that is authentically beautiful draws us, even if we don't realize it, to God. Thank you so much for tuning in to Real Presence Live this morning. I'm Deacon Dan Goshi, and uh, Father Daniel Weiske is our host as well. We're broadcasting from his parish, the parish where he is pastor anyway, at uh, St. Andrew's Church in Brainerd, Minnesota. Nice to see you this morning, Father. Good to see you, Deacon Dan. But do you mean it? I was just going to say I actually mean it. Uh, this time. And you knew to ask. <laughs> good, good, yeah. We know each other well enough. <laughs> That I need to ask for sure if you're being sincere or not. <laughs> and I always reassure you. You always, you're very your reassuring. Doubts. You're always reassuring, yeah. I don't know what uh, the rest of the of the uh, um, network markets are looking at outside their oh, window. But this is blue sky. This is blue sky and beautiful, nice, we've had nice cool days and, and Are cool those nimbus nights. or cumulus? They're not cumulus clouds. There's a, there are a few clouds. You know, I was looking at outside in the yard a bunny. And if you looked at it just a certain way, it looked exactly like a cloud. Mm-mm-mm. It was awesome. The bunny looked like it. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. So we have some fun things to talk about today in our in our uh, in the next two hours. Um, I don't know if the fun things to listen to, but it'll be fun for us anyway. Oh, but they'll be enriching. Enriching things for sure. Um, we're going to talk to a uh, uh, another person who is in the um, formation to become a permanent deacon. Mm-hmm. We're going to have kind of a a free for all, like they've they've allowed us to do, because they haven't learned at Real Presence Radio what happens when we do that. So we'll have <laughs> we'll have uh, about thirty minutes and hopefully get the three Dan's going uh, for that. Mm-hmm. We have a a couple uh, father and offspring <laughs> mm-hmm. segments with uh, a uh, a man who's in seminary and uh, his father who's in uh, diaconate formation. Mm-hmm. Uh, that'll be kind of nice, and a man who's a deacon, and and his daughter who is not going to be a deacon, right? But uh, would, but is know, passing on the faith, passing on the faith, and, and I mean um, teaching it, not ignoring it, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> I'll pass. Thank. You. No, it's not that. <laughs> she's actually teaching it and engaged in it. Uh, she's a teacher at a at a Catholic school, but she wants to talk, and, and we want to talk to her a little bit about what it's like to be the child, the daughter, hmm. an adult daughter in this case mm-hmm. of, of a deacon, and and you know what that was like maybe so vocation family connections or this yeah witness discussion about following the lord yeah yeah good do you want to uh, maybe start with a uh, um a prayer where we talk our first guest well, we shall do that that's right. of our life together isn't <clears throat> right. it in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit amen lord our god we give you thanks for this day thank you for the breath of life we thank you for calling us to share eternal life with you and for opening the door to that gift of eternal life through the cross of your Son. Thank you for the death and direction of Jesus, which is our hope. Help us to take up our crosses and follow him, and so share in his resurrection. And help us to bear each other's burdens and to help each other along the way. And may uh, the words spoken, the topics covered, the uh, questions answered in these next two hours uh, help all of us along our path to find you, to find salvation through Christ our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. 
All right. Once again, I'm Deacon Dan Goshi. It's Father Daniel Weiske, and we have our first guest with us, Father. Uh, Kirk, good morning. Morning. It's uh, Ripplinger, is that correct? That's correct. Okay, Kirk, uh, you are at this time <clears throat> in formation for the permanent diaconate. Am I correct on that? Yes. Okay. Tell us a little about about yourself. What what diocese? Uh, you know, give it. Give us the lowdown. Okay, so I'm with the Fargo Diocese. I live in Jamestown, North Dakota. Been a parishioner for 22 years at the Basilica of St. James in Jamestown. Uh, married to Leanne. We've been married. It'll be 23 years at the end of this month. We have four children. Caitlin is our oldest. She is probably on her way back to Atchison to finish her years at Benedictine College, studying theology and vocal performance. Our son Noah's in his second year at Bismarck State College, studying farm and ranch management. Monica will be a junior at Jamestown High School this year, and Rachel will be an eighth grader. I'm a custodian at the University of Jamestown, and Leanne is an occupational therapist at the Jamestown Regional Medical Center. And, and uh, tell me just a little bit, uh, Kirk, about the, um, uh, you know, in every diocese, they, they kind of handle diaconate formation a little bit differently. Um, what's, what, how does, what does it look like in Fargo? Fargo, um, we have the first two years is what they call the aspiracy part, where we go Friday night starting at 7 and we end after brunch on Sunday. And uh, that's two years. And after that, those two years, if you feel called to go on, you petition the bishop to become a candidate. And then uh, your wife at that time also has to write a letter of consent and support. Um, without that, you will not become a candidate. Mm-hmm. Um and then the, the, then with it just gets extended a little more Friday nights or Saturday nights get a little longer and Sundays get a long, little longer so that we can uh, actually practice giving homilies and serving at the altar. Mm-hmm. But that's, uh, we study sacred scripture, catechism, moral theology, sacramental theology, surgical theology, dogmatic theology, Christian history, Christendom, and philosophy, and <laughs> Everything you can think of, I guess. How many years of uh, of formation is it? Three or four? Or? Uh, after, the, after, the yeah, after the after the aspirancy years, yeah. Okay, so it's three. Three. Yeah. Three more. Okay. Okay. And in uh, in the diocese of Fargo, um, in the in the diocese of Duluth, the uh, the wives of the of the deacon candidates are um, required to attend uh, all of these sessions. They don't have to do the homework, but they need to be there. Is that similar in the Diocese of Fargo? For the most part, there's always an exception, yeah. but uh, sure. for sure. the most part, the wives are expected to be there unless there's, you know, life goes on. Mm-hmm. We have four kids at home, so if something were to mm-hmm. happen where right. we couldn't make arrangements, then she'd have to go home. Uh, my wife, um, her mom passed away three months after we started. Um, mm-hmm. it was, we started on August 21st of 2015. And September 1st, her mother had a uh, was diagnosed with a brain tumor and passed away December 10th of that year. Luckily for what? us, every time every time the weekend came up, her mother seemed to get better. So she was able to go, <laughs> but it was a very difficult time for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that sounds like it. Uh, how, how, how far are you into the program? 
Technically, I guess uh, all I have left is a five-day retreat and uh, an ordination. So, so you finished your completed. you finished your three years of formation, and you're just you've got the retreat and then ordination. When is ordination scheduled? October thirty-first. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. We'll call that the Vigil of All Saints. The Vigil of All Saints. Yeah, yeah. it's near the end of the month. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Very good. Okay, and so um, I'm kind of going off what we talked a little bit about uh, earlier about what what kinds of things I wanted to cover in this interview. But I, I apologize for that. But I'm I'm just curious because the experience is uh, is fresh in my mind too. Um, where, where where do you have a plan for your five day retreat? Uh, we really haven't. All I know is it's the first full week in October, and we really mm. haven't been. I know they're trying to figure stuff out because there's eight of mm-hmm. us. Okay. And um, and they're and trying were- to, the formation team is trying to get it. So there's four of us at two different locations. So the logistics okay. haven't all been figured out completely. So the diocese yet. sort of coordinates The diocese that plans and coordinates yeah. that for you then, it sounds like, huh? That's correct. Okay. Yep. All right. Interesting. Okay. It's interesting. It highlights talking about retreat coming up that the church puts an emphasis when you're entering a vocation. What is this about? You need a retreat. Mm-hmm. Why do you need a retreat? Even with a new bishop coming in. So we in our diocese have a new bishop coming in. Uh, October 1st, he'll be ordained. But he has a retreat, a canonical, it's called, canonical retreat. Mm-hmm. It's required by the canons, and by church law. And, uh, you know, it's beautiful that that puts such an emphasis on, as you're entering this, the whole purpose is to follow the Lord, to be with the Lord, you know, in a relationship and communion with the Lord himself. And the goal is to lead others into that same uh, deeper communion into salvation. So mm-hmm. um, what do you look forward to with retreat, Kirk? Well, just, uh, that's tough. Uh, we have a uh, part of our formation every year. We have a silent retreat that's the first weekend in January for every year of the five years for three days. So um, really just, um, you know, I believe this is a calling for me. I believe that the uh, Lord has good things planned for me, but um, those are hidden from me right now. Mm-hmm. So, And that's okay. So mm-hmm. just to open myself up to the will of God and, and see what he has planned for me. How how important do you believe it is, and maybe you and your wife have uh, have talked about it, um, Leanne, I believe you said was her name. Um, That's y- Have you talked about her presence in uh, during formation, the, the fact that she's required to be there and to go through it? How How valuable do you believe that has been? Uh, I think it was very valuable. I think, um, and and she, uh, you you talked about the homework the wives didn't have to do in, in Duluth, and, but in Fargo they don't have to either. But um, she does, and she mm-hmm. takes all the tests, and she does basically everything that I do, except some of the longer papers. <laughs> she wasn't too excited to do, <laughs> but it was very it was very good that way too because. Just to, she enjoyed it, and um, we, like I said, we had four kids, so we had to always um, come up with a plan before that happened. When we started, we were only third grade through junior and high school, so we really had to get a plan sometimes of even how they were getting home from school and stuff. So, so working together that way, and um, and learning uh, all the subjects together, and her taking the tests together. 
it was really valuable. And then the, the spiritual part. Every Friday night, we always started with uh, a little spiritual aspect, and then we ended that evening with an hour of adoration. So that was always uh, a highlight of the weekend, too, to start that way. And for her to be there in all that um, was just a great blessing. Now, Kirk, I noticed something that uh, you mentioned earlier. Um, well, you mentioned just here with the kids, you know, there's so many things you got to work out if you're going to go away for a weekend with four kids and getting home from school and childcare and all of that, or with uh, Leanne's mother being uh, sick and then eventually dying, that somehow it seemed like it always worked out. That's the sense I got. You mm-hmm. said like with your mother-in-law, uh, there was always some fear there, some risk, but every weekend that you had formation, she got a little better. And I've heard that many times, uh, never from Deacon Dan, never, but... <laughs> Uh, from other candidates, you know, oftentimes before those formation weekends, there is this, um, there's just so many things that just kind of fall apart, fall apart, or they just blow up. And then and, at the last minute, <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, there's, yeah. um, there's, there's just major difficulties before so many of these weekends. Mm-hmm. And, but you know, when people, the guys and the wives are persevering in the faith, things work out. Mm-hmm. Um, it's or the, the doors open, yeah. like you mentioned with your own, uh, formation weekends, doors that are open, things are taken care of. But it can be it can look a little dicey. Mm-hmm. It's interesting to hear that that's the, the case for you too, Kirk. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, I always, I like the saying: if it takes to. Uh, I'm just lost my train of thought, but um, you know, Been it doesn't there. take a village. It takes the mystical body of Christ. Is right. what I was trying to say, uh-huh. and yeah. Uh, yeah. and that it's beautiful that our, our friends and. Uh, my parents live here in Jamestown, so that helped out a lot. I mean, they're not young anymore, of course, so but that helped out a lot because they were often able to help out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if you're following where the Lord is calling, where you're believing He's calling you, there's there are trials and there are uncertainties, but He always takes care of you. Yeah. yeah. Um, Kirk, I, I've, uh, um, I want to get a little bit more into um, uh, the experience that, that you and your wife have, have both had and and talk a little bit about some uh, some some friendships that perhaps uh, uh, you forged in that. We're going to take a little break before we do that, so uh, so don't go away, uh, Kirk. We want to we want to get uh, get some more information from you. We're visiting with Kirk Ripplinger from the Diocese of, uh, of Fargo, uh, and uh, he is uh, just about wrapped up for well, he's kind of wrapped up formation for the for the permanent diaconate. The, uh, the um, uh, Structured formation, <laughs> formation never ends, but uh, and uh, awaiting ordination coming up at the end of October. We'll be right back to talk more with Kirk in just a moment. I'm Deacon Dan Goshi, along with Father Daniel Weiske, broadcasting from uh, the uh, St. Andrew's Church in Brainerd, Minnesota, here on Real Presence Live. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. It's a great time to spring into summer at Riverview Senior Living Community in Fargo. Hi, I'm Carrie Dew, Executive Director. We are currently accepting new independent and assisted living residents. Riverview provides a safe, comfortable place to live with a small town Main Street feel with home-cooked food, a la carte care services, daily activities, and mass five days a week. You can contact Marin or Katie to find out about all that Riverview has to offer at 701-237-4700 or at homeishere.org. 
We have all lost someone to the reality of death, some more tragic than others. I'm Father Chris Alar. While grieving is a natural process, it helps if you know how to navigate your way through it. As my friend Sammy Wood says, you can never get over a tragic loss, but you can get through it. Come to know the stages of grief, which are acute, integrated, and complicated grief. Seek help whenever needed, either from a friend or especially from medical professionals. There is no shame in asking for help. Remember, Jesus accepted the help of his followers while bearing the weight of the cross on his way to Calvary. Don't go it alone. Please visit suicideandhope.com so I can personally pray for anyone you've lost and to get our book, After Suicide, There's Hope for Them and You, which helps with any kind of suffering or loss, not just suicide. I promise it will help. Rose Management is a family-owned business that believes in good morals, doing the right thing, and treating our residents as family. Rose Management provides affordable housing to complexes throughout North Dakota and Minnesota. All Rose Management properties and our maintenance staff are in a centralized location in their cities. If you have any questions, you can call 701-237-6840 or online at rosemanagement.net. Again, that number is 701-237-6840. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. And we're broadcasting from St. Andrew's Church in Brainerd, Minnesota. I'm Deacon Dan Goshi along with Father Daniel Weiske. Hi again, Father. Hi, Deke. Good to see you, Deke. <laughs> Good to see you. <laughs> uh, we've got Kirk Ripplinger on the phone. He is uh, in uh, a candidate for, for the permanent diaconate for the uh, Diocese of Fargo. Uh, welcome back, Kirk. Good to talk to you again. Hey, good to be here. Now, I, we, we talked a little bit about uh, your wife's participation in formation and how that's structured in the Diocese of Fargo. Um, and, 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 and like yours, my wife you know, took, took to, uh, all of the, uh, she didn't do any of the writing or the, or the tests or things like that, but she, she wanted to consume and read everything that, uh, that we were given. And she just absorbed those, uh, the information that was given, um, uh, during those classes. In fact, she was not Catholic when we started formation and had no intention of becoming so, but, uh, changed her mind fairly quickly. So she was in that stage where she was just consuming information and, and, and uh, just loving it. And, and she still is there, actually. But one of the things that, that she talks about is the fact that um, uh, a man's life, and therefore the marriage itself, changes drastically and, and permanently, you know, once, once ordination takes place, and how vital it is, she thinks, and I think, for uh, uh, the wives of these candidates to attend um, and be a part of, of all of this, of this journey. Uh, what do you think about that? Yeah, uh, my wife is really active. Um, she's been teaching natural family planning, the Creighton model, for like 20 years now. So she's really active in the church herself. But I think she really is looking forward to, um, for lack of better words, maybe a teamwork of something, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, whatever that entails, whatever our pastor <laughs> finds something for us. But I think she's really looking forward to um, working together on something, mm-hmm. and um, that friendship that she's developed with the other wives is um, 
really special thing. Um, we're not the first, we're not the only couple that lost a parent during formation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and another couple had a mother who started having dementia and they had to take her into their home. So these ladies all, not just in the faith life, but in, in the life that happened, they really bonded with each other mm-hmm. and really made some good friendships. It's interesting that you bring that up because that's where I wanted to go next. Um, uh, you are with uh, uh, seven other couples, as I understand. Is that right? Or at least seven other men? Seven other couples, yes. Seven other couples? Okay. Uh, how many of them did you know before formation began? I knew I knew one for about a year. I knew mm-hmm. one. I met one. The weekend before we started formation, we were at the same wedding. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> so All I right. met him there, and then I, I met one who was in kind of a, the secretary of the Curcio program in mm-hmm. Fargo. Okay. I met him at a at a Ultrail weekend. So just uh, they were they mostly acquaintances. Then you know those that you had met before, you didn't really know them really well. Yeah, no. I didn't know any How- of them real well. What kind of friendships have uh, have you formed uh, with these other couples? Uh, obviously, some are going to be closer than others, uh, just mm-hmm. by personality, but um, really, um, really tight, really good. Um, we With this COVID, we had three more scheduled weekends to go at the end of March and then in April and May, and, and those were done being, via YouTube or online and and that was, we, we called each other all, all, at least once a week or so, just um, trying to stay in touch and seeing how everybody's doing. And mm-hmm. Of course, we had some assignments that we were supposed to do as a team, too, so we are trying to call in about that kind of stuff. But mm-hmm. uh, there are, there's some that we uh, we are really close with. One of, one of our uh, candidates has a son that's going to be ordained a priest on Saturday, so mm-hmm. we'll be going to Fargo for that. Beautiful. Tell me uh, a little bit about kind of both the joys and struggles uh, of, of your journey that, that you've experienced during formation. Um, you, you, I mean, you talked a little bit about some of the struggles already with Leanne's mother dying and, and things like that. But uh, uh, what other kinds of things can, can you speak to as far as struggles go and, and also the, the consolations that go with that? Well, personally, I had a, a struggle um, I never. I don't have a college degree. I don't have mm-hmm. a college degree in anything. Mm-hmm. So um, I kind of had a pricking from the, the, the evil one every once in a while, reminding me of that. <laughs> but um, uh, my my confirmation name is Amos. So um, I remember when I was first called. Thought I was being called to look into it. I I remember thinking, Why do you want me? I'm a janitor. I clean thirty toilets a day and fifteen showers a day. Why do you want me? What am I going to give the church? And then a couple of days later, the reading was from Amos, and he said, he told uh, the king, he, King Amaziah, he said, look, I'm just a herdsman, uh, a dresser of sycamores. sycamores yeah. I didn't ask for that. God assigned this to me. So I kind of I kind of took consolation in that uh, passage there. That, you know, I'm not, uh, God doesn't care what kind of degree I have or the lack of thereof. But um, if this is what he's calling me to do, then um, I don't have any <laughs> I don't have any business telling him no. So, 
Father Daniel, who is, who is uh, our co-host, is with me right now, and he's my spiritual director, and, and he knows that I've shared pretty much those same stories. He won't say it, of course, because he's trying to keep things, you know. But, uh, but I've, I've shared... It's almost like you're telling my story there, uh, Kirk, the, you know, some of these things, and uh, both the, the lack of, of degree and uh, at that time and um, uh, the challenges the enemy gets in there. And and uh, I don't. I'm sure I've said it before on this program, but I remember uh, in the Adoration Chapel one time telling the Lord, you know, this isn't right for me. I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. And and the answer I received was, You're right. <laughs> You're not. But I am. <laughs> but I am. And I'm not asking you to be good enough and smart enough. I'm asking, you know, I'll, I'll handle the, the goodness and the greatness. You just be obedient. And yeah. so it sounds like, you know, a similar similar story. Yeah, I, I kind of heard the call um, at the end of the Priscilla weekend that I made. And um, the Lord kind of told me that I wasn't doing enough for the church, and I thought, you're talking to the wrong guy. I'm an <laughs> extraordinary minister of Holy Communion, I'm a sacristan, I'm a proclaimer. I, I said, I don't know what more you want from me. And I never got a strong answer then, but I went to talk to my pastor, he put me in, I did a little prison ministry, I did a little middle school and high school teaching, and this was in, like, January of 14, 15, 15. and then on Corpus Christi Sunday, we had a procession, and three times after, three times after the, the procession, three different people, a layman, a deacon, and a priest all asked me, have you ever considered being a deacon? Hmm. And that's hmm. when uh, <laughs> the light went on for me. Yeah. Hey, this is what he's asking takes things like that sometimes. Uh, <laughs> what kind of words of advice or, or even kind of encouragement do you have uh, for for somebody who is just kind of uh, thinking, you know, may, maybe where you were five years ago or so, just, I don't know, uh, this thought is on my mind, but I don't know if I should go in. Uh, what kind of advice would you give to somebody who, who came to you with that? I think the first thing I would um, encourage them to do is find a spiritual director. That's not always easy. A lot of the priests are busy, but I know a lot of them I talked to, if you told them that you were looking for a spiritual director because you were discerning the diaconate, that they would find a spot for you. That'd be number one. Number two, um, make sure your spouse is on board, because if she's not, <laughs> you're not going to do it. Mm-hmm. But, uh, and she has to uh, consent to the candidacy, and then she has to write another consent here in June saying that, she consented to an ordination, so, mm-hmm. and then and then if that's what the Lord's asking, then you just got to do it. It's uh, it's important to, to stress uh, emphasize that part about your your wife if you're married. Um, you know, for for men that are considering this. Uh, there, there's a certain sense that that a, a spouse might say, "Well, you know, that's that's his thing. You know, uh, uh, that's fine. I support it. But that's his thing." But it, it really is not. It, it is an us and a we thing. So any final thoughts, uh, Kirk, that you want to share? No, just be open to the Lord's call in your life. And if it's, uh, you know, some people do get turned off and I tell them that this happened at a curseo, so they don't want to go to a curseo because they don't want to be a deacon. Well, that does, that's not going to happen to you, but, you know, whatever is going to happen, you'll be open to that. Wonderful. Kirk, uh, we're going to be praying for you and for Leanne. We'll be praying for your uh, upcoming canonical retreat and uh, for your uh, eventual ordination at the end of October. Thank you so much for being with us, Kirk. 
All right. Thank you very much. All right. God bless. And that was uh, Kirk uh, Ripplinger a, uh, um, in the permanent uh, diaconate formation for the Diocese of Fargo. I'm Deacon Dan Goshi. Father Daniel Weiske is with us. We'll be back in just a moment. Up next, it'll be kind of a roundtable discussion. Well, we'll just kind of see what... Uh, what pops into our heads, I guess, and uh, see where the Holy Spirit leads us. A little bit later on, we'll visit with a potential future priest, uh, God willing, and his dad, who is uh, in formation as well, well, perhaps a future deacon. And uh, we'll be talking with these folks and more when Real Presence Live continues.